Welcome to the Playmaker Podcast, a podcast for people who want to sell differently. Playmakers wage war against traditional sales and win. Remember, success is just one play away. I welcome everybody to the Playmaker Podcast. Whoa, we got another episode. Uh, This one's going to be fun. As always, we're mixing things up. We've got an international guest. Um, We actually have been communicating back and forth about uh, our coffee play. You know, if you haven't checked that out, InsideSales.com ran a really fun uh, count-based sales play. We call it the coffee play. Had some amazing results. And uh, a gentleman reached out to me by the name of Stan Wasovic. Uh, and we've, we've debated how to say his last name, but for us Americans, that's probably as close as we're going to get. And Stan, Stan comes from Vonk, uh, and he is the global business development manager. Uh, uh, Stan, how the heck are you? I'm doing great, Gabe. Pleasure to be here. Yeah, well, I, I appreciate you reaching out. We've, we've been going back and forth on this coffee play as Stan's got some interesting things they potentially want to try on on kind of an account-based sales motion. And I told Stan, I'm anxious to hear. I owe him some information, and then he's going to owe me some information back about how it goes. So I'll be anxious to hear that. But Stan's in an interesting place. Um, having been there, Stan, can you tell us just real quick a little bit about yourself and, and, and kind of what's going on over there at Vonk? Yeah, absolutely. So I've been at Vonk now for approximately nine months, coming in October last year. And at that point, Vonk was really transitioning from more of a marketing consultancy agency to a tech-driven company. Mm. And uh, yeah, what I saw is that the, the processes were uh, more uh, aligned with the old type of uh, company than uh, with the new style. Mm. Um, and we've been just reorganizing and revamping uh the whole process and acquiring the right supporting technology and uh, yeah, seeing some really interesting results. Yeah. And I, I want to get into some of those. So specifically, what does Vonk provide to its customers? Yeah. So we are a recruitment marketing market leader. Um, so we are basically in the business of reaching out and attracting the right type of people for the right type of position uh, online. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, so I want to get into this. This is guys. This is going to be a fun, fun episode because Stan's right in the middle of kind of this transformation. You know, how do I set up, optimize, think about people and processes and and systems? And we were just debating some of those kind of in our pre-show prep, prep uh, here. But before we get into that, Stan, maybe you can tell the audience just real quick. Um, we always like to ask people something, you know, that they do outside of work, something unique to themselves, or something a little more humorous. Uh, anything, any anything come to mind? <laughs> yeah. Uh- I guess you could define me as a foodie in the States. Is that right? I don't look it. Is that right? I don't look like it. I work hard and I, I like to exercise a bit too. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I, I'm pretty much most happy with some really good food in my mouth, some good wine, close uh, close proximity. That's uh, yeah, that's when I'm most uh, satisfied. I really like to travel. I like to travel ac- across the world, but I also like to travel here across Europe. Oh, it's, man. Uh, you know, it's an hour flight to almost any uh, dream destination oh. you can imagine, right? And Europe has so many different, uh, 
yeah, awesome place to visit. So yeah, I like to do that uh, at least uh, two times a month uh, if I can. Oh man, I can. <laughs> you, you you travel two times a month? Is that what you're saying? You you get out of yeah, it's it's cheaper wow. here to travel to let's say to, to Prague or to to Milan or to Madrid or to Barcelona than it is to take the train to Amsterdam. So <laughs> you know we have these little intra uh, continental flights. So yeah, I love to just get on them, bring my girlfriend, and have some fun with some friends. Uh, you know, wherever, wherever. I love it. I love it. Now you're based. Um, where, 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 where are you based at the moment? So our headquarters is in Rotterdam. Um, then we are also based in Amsterdam, uh, in London, and uh, in Dusseldorf. Yeah, Dusseldorf. I actually spent some time in Germany. Uh, lived there. Lived there a couple of years. Uh, just outside of Dusseldorf, a little town called Krefeld. So. Um, oh, Anyways, um, so let's let's dive in. Um, so I do want to start having just you just kind of talked about your international presence. Um, you, you know, a lot of people ask um, guests on the show will ask about setting up or optimizing kind of an international flavor of a business, an international sales team. I want to start there before we get specifically into Vonk. If you were advising companies. Uh, and they were thinking about, man, I'm, I'm, I'm at that point where I'm growing in the U.S., for an example, and I really want to establish that office in the, in the U.K., in, a, in Dublin, in Germany. How would you advise companies to kind of think through that? Yeah, it's um, definitely all about the markets that you want to approach. So it's not even that much about where you're going to locate. That, that probably has more of a, you know, a, a legal uh, decision you need to take there and a tax decision you need to take there. But, um, for example, if you want to approach European markets, then you better have people speaking the native language. Mm. And uh, what many uh, international uh, conglomerates forget, uh, especially American companies forget, is that it's kind of harder to get somebody to relocate from, let's say, even Germany to, to, to Belgium or to France, uh, although it's maybe an hour drive uh, for, for, from some places to another, than it is from, uh, from Arizona to, uh, to Boston. Uh, because of the cultural differences, uh, these play a big part. Uh, if you do, if you really do want to keep your inside sales team in place in, in, in one spot, you know, the Dublin is popular here. We see Barcelona trending for inside sales teams. Interesting. Uh, from our customers. Then you need to make sure that the content and the way you reach out to your, your inside sales professionals really aligns with their behavior and, and, and interests. So we call that, uh, well, in sales, you have the customer or the buyer persona, right? So at Vonk, we always speak about candidate personas. You need to create them. That's where it all starts. Interesting, interesting. Well, I know you guys are in kind of an interesting transition. So you've been on, you said, nine months, and your task was really to establish kind of this inside sales motion. Uh, and I want to kind of dive into this concept of people, process, and then maybe we can end with systems. And I'd love to hear about some of the initial results you guys have found because I think it sounds like you're moving in the right direction. So your guys' bread and butter is really the people. And and, and I know we got to be conscientious around some of the clientele and some of the things you guys do, but I'd love to hear about some of your secret sauce. Like when you recruit people, what's that motion? What does that process look like in order to get the best people, get those butts in seats for for lack of better terms? Yeah. So, um, that's actually a great, great question, Gabe. Uh, it's, it's a few, it's, you touch on a few points. So when I came in, basically, to get back to the people process and the technology part, um, th- there wasn't really a premise or an idea to build an inside sales team yet. I just came in and I saw a process that, that, that really um, 
is uh, yeah looks good where, where an inside sales team would fit really really well and uh, i was reading uh, from impossible to inevitable by uh, jason lankin and yes. russ at that point yeah. uh also uh, desk research some stuff from uh, annika seeley uh who wrote some interesting stuff on uh, front office fusion uh, laura newhan on social selling um and these these type of people uh, inspired me to, to think differently about this whole approach um so yeah, I started talking about this uh, with our leadership to see if we can divide uh, tasks, uh, divide um, you know to, to make the process more measurable and more predictable. Yep. Uh, and just started doing that. So we started small with uh, with with three people in a, in a team focused on a market that we are already familiar with, the Benelux. And uh, yeah, basically right now we have a headcount of nine, um, together with uh, approximately thirty field operatives. So so that's still there. Um, but we see that we drastically shortened sales cycles. Uh, our, our previous sales cycles used to be approximately six months with deal sizes of 40 to, to sometimes 100K. So now our deal sizes from an inside uh, perspective dropped a lot to approximately 2.5K right now on the first purchase. Wow. Um, but we hand them over to our customer success team that can then grow these accounts to the same amounts, 40 to 60,000, a lot quicker than they did uh, trying to do everything themselves. So basically uh, qualify leads, prospect, uh, close, and, and then upsell. Splitting those splitting those uh, disciplines apart really uh, improved our, our results in that department. Interesting. So, so you were able to see... You know, going to the results, you you have seen a pretty dramatic um, sales cycle has been cut down pretty significantly, and deal sizes have been able to to increase at a, at a fairly nice rate. Um, any other kind of immediate benefits for some of the things you've you've put in place, or were those kind of the two main two main pieces? No, I guess that there's there's more benefits. Some are just uh, the way um, the organization cooperates. Um, before, you know, you, people that, that managed field sales uh, organizations uh, know that sometimes it's like having uh, multiple freelancers on the payroll yeah. and people start fighting for leads, fighting for territory. Uh, the competition can become unhealthy even. Right. Uh, and what we've seen uh, in, in our business case is that uh, competition is still there, but it's becoming uh, more and more of a uh, coherent type of process. Right. I really liked a uh, metaphor our CEO, Wouter, made when we had dinner uh, a few months back. We, we, were, we were kind of discussing, uh, like, what are we doing here exactly? <laughs> and, and, and we made a reference. Uh, I, for some people, I'm going to sound old. For others, I'm going to sound young. That's kind of in between them. But do you recall the Transformers game? Oh, my goodness. Are you kidding? Oh they've, they've, goodness. they've seemed to... To, to resurrect themselves, uh, my, my boys are oh, watching yeah. them. But I I did watch the original uh, the original Transformers way 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 back when. Well, way back when, but you know, twenty five years ago or whatever that was. So yeah, I, I'm 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 there. I'm with you. Keep going. Yeah, yeah. Well, so you know how every episode went. You know, there was some kind of problem that they all tried to solve independently, <laughs> and it was awesome, right? There was shooting and jumping and flying and driving. You know. But they could never beat those darn Decepticons. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's <laughs> until right. until until they fused together and they created this um, Optimus Prime, this coherent big bot that, that could save the day. That's right. And uh, yeah, I, I just love that metaphor. That's kind of what we're doing. We're trying to create an even better, even stronger um, machine where where we have our um, our marketing uh, processes, our business development processes, sales, closing, and customer success aligned with each other. But we actually also really would like to add another uh, piece of the puzzle that I miss in the books um, 
on the market right now, and that's and that's product development. Hmm. Uh, it's somewhere there, right? Uh, if if you do it really well, if you do really well, product could become a a, a um, real strategic partner, a, a revenue driver, a revenue driver, even a sort of virtual sales rep for you. The same way uh, you guys have that, obviously, at InsideSales.com. Uh, well, we uh, recently. Uh, last year launched the job marketing platform uh-huh. where we try to automate many of our consultancy services uh, freeing up our more uh, senior consultants to really remain on a strategic level and let companies do smart media buying on online recruitment channels uh, automatically uh, helped by a self-learning algorithm and, and AI if you will of course so 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 this this could obviously uh, also contribute uh, greatly, vastly to, to our sales success. And that's one of the last things that we want to align to this train, really making it a product and marketing driven organization. So, so how do you, I mean, obviously you got some great results, but you know, people know the buzzwords around, Hey, I should align my sales and my marketing team together, Mm -hmm. but it's another thing to do it. Now your product piece is, I think an interesting add on, but when you say alignment, I, the, the metaphor of bringing it together under Optimus Prime, by the way, I'm probably going to steal. Um, oh. But um, yeah. how, how, tactically, do you do you do they all report into kind of the same person? Do you have a weekly meeting that you get aligned? What are some of the things you do to actually make it happen? You know, walk the walk rather than just talk the talk. Yeah, so uh, I, I I need to do another shout out here. I'm sorry, but I got to do uh, do a shout to Yuri van Geest. I'm um, not sure if he says anything here. Peter Diamantes obviously does. They they wrote something called Exponential Organizations. Okay. And I would recommend it to everybody growing any business. It, it, it's it's just an incredible piece of writing on how to, uh, yeah, um, create, cre- create an exponential business. And there's a lot of technology there, but there's also a lot of um, – communication uh, there. So so the technology part, we basically acquired a really strong uh, platform in Salesforce. We acquired a marketing automation tool, um, some analytics tools, making sure that everybody looks at the same truth, right? Yep. And everybody is uh, yeah, well, knows what, what's going on. And then to also drop back in these, these buzzwords, uh, we broke down silos. <laughs> we, we, uh, <laughs> in most of our uh, offices, we, we, we actually don't have them anymore. And we try to create open workspaces where we make sure that, that marketing, sales, customer success are working in close proximity of each other. We uh, involve them together in projects like uh, approaching the specific industries or verticals or markets, etc. cetera. Um, and then we make a report um, usually, you know, marketing to, to, to marketing people responsible for those departments, uh, business development to myself, sales or sales director. But we all f- uh, try to achieve the same organizational key results uh, or objectives and key, key results, OKR. So then we, we we talk about the same type of results we want to we want to uh, uh, realize, and we kind of trickle down from that. So when I came in, marketing had KPIs like website visits. Uh, well, if you want to boost website visits, there's there's a bunch of unethical things you can do <laughs> to get a lot of traffic, but still that doesn't really contribute to sales, right? So right now they have they have really strong strong KPIs uh, that contribute to sales, like like uh, lead generation, pipeline, creation rate, uh, and those type of ratios. Um, yeah. So, 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 you liter- so you literally did change the compensation so that it is aligned around more of that, just further down the funnel, you know, a pipeline or a more prospecting rather than just these super high top of funnel, 
you know, did I did I visit a website? So that was a big one. Sounds like you actually consolidated some off. I mean, office space got them sitting next to each other. A lot of people. I mean, the remote workplace is it's it's awesome and it's great. But man, there is something you're right to sitting close to each other. And then it sounds like some of these communication things. I mean, is there anything tactical on communication? Was it was it just the idea of doing a project together, or did you uh, um, use it like a, a, a Slack system to talk better, or did you actually have a formal once a week meeting? to talk to each other? What was kind of a tactical thing you did to bring those two pieces together? Yeah, there you go with the last one, Gabe. Uh, basically, what, what I did is uh, I took something that's pretty familiar in software development, uh, the agile scrum process, yeah. and uh, implemented it into the inside sales team because we do have distributed uh, labor in Amsterdam and Rotterdam and in, in, in Germany. It, it, it's, it's all over the place. So uh, you do want to have this moment that people reflect on their daily objectives and share mm. best practices and, and, and get in touch with each other and see where there are bottlenecks and how, how they can solve those problems together because, you know, multiple minds are always stronger than the separate ones uh, and, and multiple teams talking together is always stronger than, than, you know, everything staying in one team. So what we basically do is we put up our, our quarterly objectives for uh, on a technical level, for example. Then we cut those up in two-week sprints um, during which we want to achieve s- certain things by uh, approaching the, the problems or the challenges in a certain way. And then during those sprints, we reflect on them and we try to... Uh, um, you know, persevere or pivot um, on, a, on a daily basis mm. based on the outcomes of our daily stand-ups that we have. Um, and we purposely put them in the middle of the day because we wow. found out that salespeople sometimes do have problems with uh, uh, the mornings, you know, or uh, and, and, <laughs> and plus uh, to be able to uh, actually act on them on the same day. If you, if you try to act on something that happened yesterday in the morning, there, there's really little leeway to, to, to change something quickly there's been 12 hours there right yeah. if you do the same thing uh in in the afternoon then you need to wait a day before you can act so yeah we do them at a quarter past one that's quarter it so, that's, one. Yeah, that's, so so to just make sure i understood that so i mean you've got a pretty tight governance process where you've got your quarterly objectives you break that into two week scrum kind of you know let, let's see if we can attack this objective or attack that objective and then you get it down even to the daily huddle so you are doing a daily huddle just a little after lunchtime because <laughs> salespeople sometimes can't get in on time or they struggle more. <laughs> in my mind understanding that right so you've, you've gotten a pretty tight governance around this yeah yeah but in this governance we we really do try to empower our people uh, sure. so 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 we we, t- we tell them um what we want them to achieve yeah. we don't tell them how they they should achieve that we leave them to, to find it out for themselves and yeah we actually saw a lot of cool stuff coming from them you know people are just coming up with uh, ideas, ideas yeah. or, or, or solutions uh, they, they started coming from people you never expected them from from our trainees even you know the, because we involved our trainees in the same stand-up that we have our senior account executives uh, wow. we, 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 we do this we do this together to have this cross-pollination and you, you, yeah, that that really uh, really paid off. That really works magic. So I would advise that to anybody uh, trying to get this really agile, quick sales process going on there too. And especially if you're using these, um, where, where I think we will eventually also uh, grow to uh, the, the, these growth themes, as uh, were described in your article that, that you started this podcast with. Um, yeah, it makes a lot of sense to have these people huddling down together, discussing problems on a daily basis, um, yeah, and then yeah, not man. to forget. Yeah. You need to have your dot on the horizon on a strategic level. So what we want to achieve is more uh, users on our platform, um, more purchases on our platform. Sure. Well, that's, that, 
so that's what everybody's looking at, whether it's product, marketing, sales, or customer success. Then everybody needs to have their own specific uh, daily tasks and objectives they can achieve and discuss about on a daily basis. Yeah, that, that's what I believe. No, I love it. I love it. Um, so I want to go into a couple more areas. One you touched on a little bit, but I want to dissect it just to make sure we're on the same page. So this comes to sure. your kind of sales structure or process. Um, so you guys are mostly focused on um, kind of optimizing around this inbound lead flow. I mean, working with marketing to take these kind of leads that are generated, qualify them, and then and now pass them on to 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 a new team, close them, get them get them moving forward. I mean, is, is that generally the idea that you're you're focused on at the moment? Yep, pretty okay. much. So you mentioned that there's been some structural change. So was it previously the case that you just had a one you know, sales closing team that was working the marketing leads or what was it like before you came on board? What were, it sounds like you've kind of went very specialized and I want to get to that in just a minute, but what was it as you started or before you came on just marketing, passing leads to one person and this person kind of tried to do everything? No, we had uh, teams that were uh, aligned on industries that we called sales. Okay. Uh, this, was, this was a change that our sales director, Frank, implemented uh, he had some great insights because when he came in the, it, it was uh, 20 uh, almost 20 entrepreneurs really entrepreneurial salespeople doing a bit of everything mm-hmm. so doing a bit of prospecting closing uh, upselling cross-selling and you know it, it was a jack of all trades master of nothing kind so of they thing. were so they were just doing was, everything mm-hmm. everybody was trying to and, just do yeah. whatever they could to hit their number yeah, and don't get me wrong. They, they they were actually doing it really successfully, partly because <laughs> our service has a, a extremely good product market market solution fit. You know, awesome. we are right on yeah. that wave, that perfect storm of technological online advancement. So so that kind of helped us grow. Secondly, we we had some really smart people there, some really smart people do you know with, with a lot of experience, um, doing doing amazing stuff. But the problem was every quarter they used to be stressed out. Can you imagine why? Well, I mean, if you're just shooting, if you're just doing whatever you can, then oftentimes it's more about luck than it is uh, uh, science, right? Also, so I don't want I don't want to say it was it was luck because every everything is kind of uh, yeah, you know true. being at the right time at the right. That's but true. no, uh, but but there was no predictiveness there. There was no way to to predict your revenue in in, in the next quarter because. It was back to cold prospecting, basically, right? Yeah. Yep. Um, so, so, so we had something here that in Dutch was called the uh, omzet stress. Omzet and, uh, stress. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What does that stand for? Omzet. That almost sounds German. Umzets. Yeah, it's close. It's close. It's 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 a turnover. So turnover stress. It was. Am I going to hit my turnover target? Am I going to hit? Um, so yeah. what we really want to do, what we really want to do, is we want, want to try and implement as much uh, productivity we can here. So. Uh, what we can do for 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 you guys, uh, for example, uh, you just had some great funding, so you're going to expand in Dublin. Right. And uh, I, I bet you would love to be able to ask somebody, hey, if I invest invest a million in talent, how many views, clicks, and applicants will, will I receive then? Right. And, and we are one of the uh, only companies right now in the world that can give you some pretty strong statistics on that based on millions of uh, candidate interactions with previous do- job advertisements. Right. The same thing that what you do for sales. Right. So um, we want to, our, to have uh, to, uh, our sales reps and our organization to be able to do that for our sales and marketing growth too. Basically drink our own champagne. Sure. So what you need for that is some really strong analytics. And, you know, Salesforce gives us some, our marketing automation tool gives us some. But the reason I chose to go for Salesforce is because this platform basically 
provides an opportunity to integrate everything. I want to integrate our job marketing platform into Salesforce. I want to integrate external market data. In Europe, we have something called JobFeed that tracks Mm -hmm. vacancies being posted all over uh, Europe. Well, that would be awesome to integrate. Uh, Then you would love to integrate your... um, uh, whole hr uh, system your payroll system yep. um you you want to integrate your your bookkeeping system once you do that i think that's the next level stuff game i think then you can really get down on to the cost per lead cost per uh, customer acquisition cost uh, the cost the, the, the cost of growth almost to the euro and another guy that does it really well who is streaming is uh, mark apple from exact and delft I would definitely suggest you reach out to him and have another podcast like this with him because this this is a guy that can that can show me to the euro or to the dollar, if you will, um, what his expected growth in a certain region will be uh, out uh, from a, from a certain investment. So there's wow. no discussion there. Basically, leadership says we want to grow thirty percent. He says, "All right, I need this investment, and we'll do it." Well, and, and that's what you want to get to. That and I think that's what ability. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But the only way to do that is to split up tasks, split up roles and make these measurable first, you know, have these really measurable KPIs uh, and and also be able to measure the activities taken to to uh, to achieve them. Got it. uh, Yeah, that's so so you went on the horizon. So (laughs) that's right. So you started with kind of a free for everybody doing a little bit of everything. And you've now gone to that specialized structure with um the the marketing team you've got the sales development team and they're blended right so they're doing uh, they're responding to inbound leads and they're doing some outbound prospecting then you've still yeah. got a verticalized closing team or account executive team and then you now have a customer success uh, kind of upsell slash cross sell team is that kind of where you've ended from where you from where you started. Uh-huh. On paper, we have all of this, yeah. But uh, in reality, in reality, our uh, what we want to uh, deem as our cu- customer success team, uh, that's basically our most senior consultants. And a lot of them are also involved partially in field sales. It's not like we can say, hey, guys, we have a new system here. And please, anybody listening to this, don't do it. Don't just implement the process and and, and drop your, your winning type of process because, right, uh, right. yeah, Be you'll careful. lose a lot of money. Yeah, but but we will definitely eventually split those roles also up, probably in people more inclined to account manage, to, to really grow specific customers. We'll have some people that will probably still do a bit of field sales, like our field sales account executives might, might be derived from that. And then sure. at a certain point, as our technology grows, um, the, the demand for a solution engineer, sales engineer type of position will also be created. Yeah, and, 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 and well, we, we don't even have to hire these people. I think we probably have to look into our own pool, see where the talents of our current uh, uh, people are, and, and, and just divide divide that, that, uh, that department. Yeah. I love it. I love it, man. So um, as we wrap up here, um, wanted to just ask one more question on the people side of things. I mean, you guys do so much in that, and I know um, – you know, hiring and training. We do surveys around you know challenges um, every year, and, and and hiring training come up come up on it. Recruitment. It's it's all part of this people problem. Turnover and in inside sales is always extremely high. Um, any tactical things you guys have found that sales leaders, marketing leaders can implement when they're thinking about hiring the right people? 
Oh, yes, absolutely. So this is our bread and butter game. So <laughs> uh, it's not that we have insights. It's, it's, it's how we make money. It's uh, yeah. what, what you do is you, you, you really you just look at your top performers. You map them. You do a really strong internal analysis and you get under their skin. And I'm not talking about how much they call or mail or in-mail or voicemails or that sort of stuff. No. Yeah. How do they behave? What are their hobbies? Like you started with me. How do they um you know look for information online what do they look for um what do they find interesting what influencers do they follow uh you will probably notice that in your organization your top performers have a pretty similar um yeah, high, makeup high level DNA and makeup yeah yeah and and then the trick is to to get your to get your uh content aligned with that so uh you, your tone of voice, your 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 video content, your 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 uh, you know everything you express into the market. So your employer brand, your employer value proposition, these need to align with these these audiences. And then it's basically uh, four things you can do. You can set up a really strong referral program. You can gather uh, some agencies around that can help you. You can source yourself. So set up your own recruitment team, uh, and you can call us, and we'll help you with the recruitment marketing uh, part of that. Um, but 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 it's but it starts with know, knowing your people and, and what they find interesting and, yeah. and then engaging them with the right sort of stuff at the right sort of time. Yeah, we know we did an episode um, with kind of a talent organization here. Um, we talked about this concept of Moneyball. It's a, a movie here about American uh, baseball. You probably haven't seen. Yeah, it no, of course. That. Yeah, no, I've seen oh, I mean, Brad oh, Pitt. Okay. Yeah, sometimes baseball doesn't translate as well overseas. But, you know, we talked about that scientific approach to sourcing and choosing candidates. And, and they turned it, you know, in the movie into more of a data-driven approach. And such a fan of it. And I think you're right. It's starting with, you know, what does great look like? And how can we find that? I think sometimes people fall in love with things that maybe isn't great. You know, you know. Oh my goodness, this person is so nice, or this person dresses so well, or this. Per-. But when yeah. it comes to the data, you know, who's your best, and what do they look like, and how do we find more like that? It kind of seems obvious, but we don't do it. Um, it's just it's one of those things that it still feels like so much technology is happening, and so much uh, great things are happening in sales and in marketing. But I still feel like hiring and recruitment i mean it's coming don't get me wrong but maybe it's just not as sexy it's not talked about quite as much and i feel like when i go do consulting there's still so many people doing those two things manually Uh, and again i may be biased because i'm on the other side but uh, i love the advice to kind of start small think big absolutely yeah that's right sure Awesome, man. Well, hey, I know we're kind of coming to an end here. So um, if someone wants to get in touch with uh, yourself or your company, uh, what's the best place or best way to do that? Oh, yeah, just uh, send me an invite on LinkedIn, uh, stanatvonk.com. You can email me. Uh, all my information is on, uh, is on LinkedIn. Awesome. And, uh, yeah, I look forward to getting in touch. Okay, man. We'll appreciate it. For the audience, uh, remember, uh, Playmaker Podcast success is always just one play away. Stan, take care.